Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So a couple of weeks ago, I sent, uh, I was going to begin a new sermon series, and I sent the first title to Lauren in the office. Um, but then this Tuesday, uh, um, I thought, I'm going to delay that, and, and I want to preach what I have for you uh, this morning. So I just took a little bit of a detour, a little bit of a, a delay. So, and, and this is kind of where this came from. Um, Tuesday morning is pretty much staff meeting time. Um, staff gets together. We go over church stuff. We also do a little bit of personal study. There's a book that we're working through to, you know, keep ourselves sharp as it relates to church things and ministry. And so we'd done all that and um, gone home for lunch, came back. And um, I just, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had this, but it was just wasn't quite feeling myself, not physically. Physically, it was fine. But I noticed that my mind was starting to wander a little. It was drifting a little, and I was thinking about some things. And um, I just remember feeling this kind of uh, mini, mini anxiety attack. And um, it was probably ignited by less than a great sleep the night before. You folks have that where sometimes you're laying there staring at the clock and it's 3, 4 in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure that has something to do with age. For those of you that aren't experiencing that, enjoy it. So I was looking at the clock. I wasn't really getting a great sleep. Karen wasn't getting a great sleep. And, you know, wake up in the morning, but it's time to do things. So you get up and you go to work and you do what you're supposed to do, right? But by, by mid-afternoon, I was just wasn't thinking, wasn't feeling myself, wasn't really settled. And um, nothing, nothing in particular was on my mind. It was kind of things on my mind. And I thought to myself, well, these thoughts, these feelings aren't going away, so I better do something with them. So I wanted to find a quiet place in the church to pray. And you might think that that's an easy thing to do, but it's not necessarily an easy thing to do in this church through the week. There are all kinds of people moving in and out of the church during the week, not just the staff. But I thought, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll go upstairs. So Nick, put the nice upstairs couch on. If we do build or renovate or do a little bit of the both, can we promise to get rid of that? <laughs> it doesn't even have legs. So I sat on that fine piece of furniture, furniture upholstery, and I began to pray. And I uh, began to allow some scripture to kind of, you know, roll through my mind, some of the scriptures that I thought would be helpful uh, to me, and I just spent some quiet time upstairs until that sense of unrest had dissipated in my life. The end of the story is this, that after some time, after some time with Jesus, some time in the Word, some time in the prayer, and a little chat, I felt more at peace and less at panic. But I thought about that Tuesday, and I thought about, you know what, that's not just my story from some time to time. It's, it's all of our stories from time to time, that there seems to be something or some things that grip our heart or grasp us that sometimes cause us to be a little bit anxious or a little bit worrisome or a little bit troubled or maybe stay up a little bit at night, things rolling in and out of our minds, and we're wondering what to do about it. 
But the interesting thing is, it isn't just my story, and it's not just your story. It's a story in the Bible as well, which tells us that it's a story that's common to many people. The story is found in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It involves two sisters, Martha and Mary. It basically involves Martha, but Mary's in there too. And I'll give you some background to that in just a minute. But in Luke 10, verse 38, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, traveling from one place to another, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked him, this was Martha, of course, Lord, don't you care that my sister, meaning Mary, has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Now that part I love. I can't imagine telling Jesus to tell somebody to do something. It just, there's something weird about that. But anyways, verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. In some versions, and the ones that I prefer, says, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So let me not assume too much for you this morning. Mary and Martha, we need to know who these ladies are. They're sisters, as we're told. We're told that it's Martha's home. It's likely, then, that she's single or that she's a widow. It's also likely, if she's got her home and her sister's living with her, that she's probably got some money. There's probably a, a family of some influence but we also know that they're related to Lazarus and a story is going to come up later on in the Gospel of John about Lazarus dying and Jesus raising him from the dead. It's the same family and you can read a little bit more about that in John chapter 11. Jesus is on his way with the disciples but it doesn't tell us that the disciples went with Jesus. Somewhere the two parties get separated and Martha invites Jesus to come into his home to have a meal. Now, again, in Middle Eastern customs, even amongst the Jewish nation, that is a little strange for a single woman, even with other family members at the home, inviting a man to come for supper. But she offers him, and he takes her up on that, and she, he's on his way. Now, I don't know what happens at your home, but my home is a lot like Martha's home and Mary's home when we know guests are coming. There are jobs that we have in our home when guests are coming in order to get the house ready. This happens all of the time when we're doing our, uh, our, our, uh, our small groups. It happens at other times when family and friends are coming over. One of my responsibilities is I'm the vacuum guy. So I know without even being told that if people are coming over, i got to go and vacuum. Let's be frank, we got two cats. Those of you that have pets know what that's all about. And so I'm the vacuum guy. Then there's the, the dusting and the tidying up and getting the table set. And if we need extra chairs, i got to go downstairs and bring up the extra chairs. i got to put the middle, the middle part in order to lengthen the table. That's my job too because it's heavy, and all of that stuff has to be done. Karen is, is getting the table ready. Bev's helping her getting the table ready and all of that stuff. Uh, the cooking, depending on what it is, yesterday it was a barbecue. We had a birthday party at our house. It was a barbecue, so I was burning the meat. That was my responsibility. And so there's, there's all of those kinds of things, and you can identify with that, right? 
It's a bit of a fuss. It gets a little bit hectic. I mean, we like doing it, but it's a bit of a fuss. It gets a little bit busy as we're getting ready for somebody to come. And depending on who that person or those parties are, we will take more or less time getting ready, right? You know, if you've got the boss coming over for dinner, you might spend a little bit more time. If it's just your siblings, meh, you know, they'll deal with it, right? So Martha is running around not only before Jesus gets there, but also while Jesus is there, getting everything ready. Because you also have to understand this. In that part of the world, hospitality is a big deal. And you just can't really throw something together. It's got to be done properly. People have to be cared for. In that part of the world, you know, it would begin with coming through the door and somebody washing your feet. If it was a wealthy family, it would likely be a servant. But that was kind of expected. You'd have an opportunity to, to clean up a little bit from being outside, right? Uh, something would be offered for you to, to drink, just to refresh you before the main course. And, and the main course came, I mean, there, and in this family, again, it sounds like there's a little bit more money there than some families. It would be a pretty good main course that would happen later on in the evening. So Martha is distracted because it is the custom of her day and, 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 and her nationality to make sure that these things are done really well. And it's Jesus so we want to make sure that they're done really, really well. So here's Martha kind of running to and fro, back and forth in her house, getting everything ready. But every once in a while, she either turns her head to the left or she turns her head to the right and she stops or she slows down and she pauses as she's moving through her house because she can see Jesus there and that's a good thing. But she sees her younger sister doing what? Hey, firstborns, you know what the younger siblings are doing. They're doing what they always do. Nothing. So she's back and forth getting everything ready, trying to make sure that this night's a night to remember. And as she's going back and forth through the house and just doing a little of this, a little of that, she sees Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus. She's just talking to Jesus, or Jesus is talking to her, and she's taking it all in. Now, you can imagine this isn't happening in five or six minutes. This is probably going on for some time as Martha's getting everything ready. And every time she looks and thinks that, well, maybe, maybe, Maybe she's going to, you know, come. She doesn't. And then older siblings have a way of communicating with other siblings without actually saying anything. You give the look, right? You got to look. You give, and I'm sure she's going by. She probably pauses a little and is trying to catch Mary's eye. Now, this isn't in the scriptures, but I mean, I live in a family too. And I'm sure she's trying to like, you know, get, like, it's time to get up. Do something, right? Go do. And there's no way. Mary's not having it. Mary either doesn't see her or she sees her and ignores her absolutely. Just isn't interested in anything but being with Jesus right now. So the firstborn, Martha. Martha's just about had enough of this. And you get this wonderful response. I mean, pick this apart. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Poor Martha is out on the middle of an island, in the middle of nowhere, all by herself, left to get a meal ready for maybe three or four people. The burden. 
the burden. Lord, say something. Do something. She's ignoring all of my body language. Do something about this. Because this is like the most, the worst thing that's ever happened to her in her whole life. So Lord, say something. Because I'm doing a lot of work here. I'm going to a lot of trouble. I'm working up a wee bit of a sweat. Mary's in there enjoying you and all of the things that you're saying, and there's conversation back and forth. Maybe there's even a laugh once in a while, but it looks like it's really good in that part of the house. But here I am out in this part of the house doing all of the work, which makes me think that maybe she wasn't as wealthy as I thought she was. If she had some money, maybe she had a servant do it. Or maybe what she wanted to do was she just wanted to impress Jesus with the fact that she was doing it. You ever do that? You ever do something, not necessarily because you had to do it, but because you were trying to impress somebody, so you did it yourself? Because you're hoping for this later on, eh? Thanks. Boy, you went to so much trouble. I really appreciate that. And then you and I get to do this. Oh, it was nothing. Happy to do it. Happy to do it, right? At the meantime, it's like, um, we're just, I don't know. Maybe that was going on in her head. I don't know. Bible doesn't give us all of the details, but I've been around enough in families, and you've been enough around in families or in workplaces where we've seen that kind of behavior happen. So I don't think it's too far of a stretch, really. Lord, don't you care? I think Jesus cares about a lot of things. I'm not so sure if he cared about this. People, when we're joking around about Sports and hockey teams and Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens, I have people occasionally say to me, well, you know, you're a pastor. Maybe if you prayed, Jesus would do something for the Habs. And my response has always been this. I really don't think God cares about hockey. I think Jesus cares about a lot of things. I'm just not sure the fact that Martha is doing this meal all by herself is one of those things that necessarily is grabbing his attention. But more importantly, Jesus sees through all of this, and he says this. The text continues. He says to Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And previous to that, if you read, the gospel writer Luke records, as this is being passed on to him, the gospel writer records that Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, the meal needed to happen. Eventually, all of them would get hungry, even Jesus. But perhaps it could have waited. But in the meantime, the gospel writer records that the thought at that time was that Martha was distracted with much serving. Jesus says, you're anxious and troubled about many things, and then he goes on to say that only one thing is needed. So here's some thoughts. I've got four thoughts that, that I want you to pursue with me this morning. I, I don't want to pick apart the differences between the sisters, older, younger, mature, immature, responsible, irresponsible, social, antisocial personality, firstborn, secondborn. I think it's important to understand simply this, that Martha had the ability to make a wiser choice. Number two, think about what's taking up 
your time these days. Would the Bible call them distractions? Distractions keep us from the main thing or the one thing. To Martha, serving Jesus a meal is a good thing, but it's not the main thing, and it's certainly not the one thing that is needed. Number three, Jesus takes the thought of distraction and intensifies the thought. Martha is anxious and troubled about many things. And then finally, fourth, Mary has chosen. She has made a choice and she chose wisely. And Jesus says that it's not going to be taken from her. So let's detail some of that for us. Like Mary and Martha, you and I are uniquely different from everybody else on the planet. But those differences do not disqualify or impede your ability to connect with your Lord. Don't envy someone else's walk with the Lord or their, or their choices and don't say this. Well, they have advantages or they have gifts or they have friends or they have opportunities that I don't have. Sometimes we do that. We look at other people and we say to ourselves, well, I would be where they are spiritually, or my relationship with God would be better, or I would have more friends, or I would be more successful if I had some of the opportunities that they had. And what this is telling us here is that this has nothing to do with, you know, where you were born in your family or where you grew up or, you know, education or this, that, or the other thing that God equally invites all of us to connect with him. And the person beside you doesn't have an advantage over you. And you are not disadvantaged by the person sitting beside you either. Martha could have taken the time to connect it with Jesus. But as a hostess in that part of the world in those days, she was trained to think you take care of the guests first. And taking care of the guests first means you wash the feet, you, you tidy them up a little bit, and you have a meal for them. That's being a good hostess. So whoever would walk through the door, that's what you do. That's what the priorities are. That's what you were taught. Now, you and I could look at it this way. How often are you going to have Jesus at your house? You've had all kinds of, well, here, I'll tell you what I do. I mean, I don't know if this is, my wife sometimes gives me a wee bit of a hard time like that, but our kids come over a lot. Now, that's a good thing, I'm not complaining. Our kids come over a lot. So because I see them regularly, I don't always hang around when they come over. So we had the meal last night. It was Darren's birthday. We had the birthday cake. We blew out the candles. Uh, some of them eventually had to leave. And so while some of them were leaving, I went out for my walk. And I took 30 minutes, and I went for my walk, and then on the way back, as I was coming through the door, the other half of the family was on their way out. And they said, oh, good. You know, my, my name is, as a grandpa is Bubba. Bubba's back. Bubba will get to say goodbye. And so we said goodbye to them. Now, I do that regularly. Now, but here's what I wouldn't do. If you came over to my house, 
we invited you over, so I'll look at Alan Barb. If Alan Barb came over, I don't often have Alan Barb at my house, so don't worry, Alan Barb, I'm not going to get up after the dessert and go for a walk. I'm not going to do that because it's Alan Barb. But if it's Kyle, if it's Kathy, if it's Darren, if it's Taylor, if it's Amanda, and especially if it's Mitch, I'm going to go for a walk sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk. Because I see them all the time. So I don't feel like I'm depriving them. They don't feel like they're being deprived. They get lots of their dad. So it's cool. At least I think it's cool. But how often do you get Jesus in your house? So, I mean, if I were Martha, I would say, well, the meal's really important, but I mean, I, this may be my only shot at getting Jesus in my house, so I'm going to take time for him. I can connect with Jesus just like Mary does. It all comes down to this. Am I willing to take the time to do that? You can connect with Jesus just like the rest of us do, if you're willing to take the time to do that. You just got to be willing to take the time. Second, for us, where are you spending these hours? The, uh, where are you spending your hours, pardon me, these days? Main things, good things, great things, or the one thing? There are times in our lives when we have to be wise enough when to choose the one thing. Now, we all have things we got to do and places we got to be, right? You can't call in tomorrow morning to your boss and say, you know what, Bob, Sue, just not feeling it today. Pastor said, I got to focus on the one thing. And you know what? Monday at 8, it ain't you. <laughs> you go ahead, try that. Call me on Tuesday from the unemployment line. Let me know how that went for you. Right? Now, we got things we have to do. We do. There are things we have to do. And we got to take care of them. But in this particular case, Martha could have put this off at least a while. An hour, maybe two, I don't know, maybe three. I, I, I remember uh, back in our Subway days when we were younger and had fewer kids, um, back in, in, in those times where I had some uh, peer friends in Subway, we'd all do our Sunday night services, and then uh, we'd kind of gather at, at somebody's house. And I remember uh, one night, the Currys uh, gathered at our house. Uh, they pastored in Subway. They're now missionaries uh, in Belgium. They uh, teach at a, a seminary there. And I remember kicking them out of my house Monday morning at 3.30 in the morning. Because we were just enjoying talking. You know, doing the pastoral stuff, doing the family stuff. Just talking back and forth. I can remember Dave Curry laying on my family room floor downstairs at 2261 Milder Street in Sudbury, laying on the floor talking to us. And it was at that moment I thought, maybe we should break the party up, right? When your guests are laying down on their back, it's probably time to call it a... I was going to say a night, but it was actually a morning. But, but my point in that is it's just having that, that understanding, right, that sometimes it's just good to connect. And nothing else matters other than just connecting. Hey, Martha, this would be great if you could figure out the best thing you could do right now is just connect. This doesn't come along that often. You may not be able to ride this train again. So get on and ride it for as long as you can and connect. We also have to understand, right, about the one thing. Like Martha, we are all too easily distracted. Let me prove this to you. You got a cell phone. All of you that have a cell phone, levez la main. I bet you some of you even take that into the bathroom with you. 
I'm just going to leave it there. Not the phone. Yeah. Why? Because there's this, well, something may come up. Going to get a Facebook, careful. Facebook posting, I don't know, text message, phone call. And then you say stuff like that when, you know, the taps are running. What's that noise in the background? Oh, nothing. Because you don't want them knowing that you just took a phone call in the bathroom. We are easily distracted. We're looking for distractions. You're at work. Oh, if you got a computer in front of you, an internet, you know what it's like. <sighs> Click. Oh, look what Wayfair's got. Yeah. Click. What's CNN saying? Or, pardon me for those of you at Fox. Keeping her equal. It, looking for distractions. All too easily distracted. Of course, the distraction here that matters is Martha was distracted by a meal. Martha was distracted by a meal. Martha was distracted from Jesus by a meal. How easily are we distracted from Jesus? By a meal. No time. Got to serve a meal. He's right there, Martha. Yeah, got a meal. Three, distraction can lead to anxiety and becoming troubled. Unsettledness in our hearts and minds. We can lose our peace. The Bible writer here, Luke, says that she was distracted with much serving. It doesn't say that she was worried about things in the world, but she was worried about making a good impression for Jesus and making sure that he had a good meal in front of him and that maybe when he left the house later that night that he would tell his disciples what a great time he had at Martha's and what a great meal that he enjoyed there. So because that became her priority, she became distracted by it to the point of being troubled, to the point of saying, hey, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me all alone? All of a sudden, that became her priority. Mary's left me here alone. Distraction. Our mind drifting here and our mind drifting there, our heart drifting here and our heart drifting there. You know, we're, we're concerned about those things. I, I love this. I just kind of came across this by accident last week, but I love this. If my worrying would help me solve the problems in my life, I'd gladly worry about them from morning to night for as many days as it would take. Some of us are actively practicing that right now. We haven't figured it out that it changes nothing. I remember when I was a much younger man and a much younger pastor, I had, I had illustration books, nice big thick ones that were supposed to be really creative. And I remember reading one about worry. This is about as deep as this book got. It's the, there's a truth to it, though. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Fourth, for us, don't blame others for making better choices. Mary made a great choice. She chose Jesus. Lord, don't you care that I have to serve alone? Jesus says, let's read it. 
Martha, Martha, verse 41, you are, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things or one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better. It wasn't that the meal wasn't a good thing. Mary chose something better. Mary made a choice. Folks, this is one of the things I want you to think about this morning before we go to prayer. It's about, it's about making a choice. Distractions can move us here and move us there. We can allow the distractions to move us in our hearts and in our minds. Or we can make a choice for the one thing. I could be distracted and worried and perplexed and troubled about this or that. There are things going on in my life, in my family, my job that are significant. They are meaningful. They are weighty. I do need to give them some thought. But not to the point where I am distracted and troubled and anxious and moving away from the one thing that's going to settle me in all of that, which is Jesus Christ. Mary made a choice. Every day we make choices. Am I going to worry about this and worry about that? Am I going to be distracted by this? Am I going to be distracted by that? Am I going to be troubled by this? Am I going to be troubled by that? Again, not to say that there aren't things out there that are weighty and important to us. But if we focus on the one thing, the main thing, which is Jesus, then it helps us to settle the storm, put those things in perspective, and perhaps invite a heavenly answer into our earthly situations. Mary made a good choice. It's up to us. We can make that good choice. The issue isn't, Martha, that Mary's sitting my feet and you're feeling like you're, you've been abandoned or that you've been lonely. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that Mary made a better choice, a choice you could have made, but chose not to. You intentionally and purposely chose not to because you prioritized and said, these things were more important than Jesus. Oh, folks, how often does that happen to us? Where we say these things are more important with G than being with Jesus. Let me wrap this up. Being with Jesus is the one thing that you can never forget to do. I understand the busyness of the lives, our lives. I understand the cell phones and the TV sets and the radios. I understand all of that. That is the day in which we live. Those things are our challenges. Those are our generation's challenges. A hundred years ago, it was working from six in the morning until six at night to scrape out a living off the land and trying to stay healthy and not get killed while you're doing it. Our choices are much different these days. There are so many distractions that are set before us. We feel them as, as adults and our kids and our grandkids are feeling them even more. The intensity level has grown and we need to teach not only ourselves but our kids and our grandkids about not becoming distracted by the things that the world says are important but you and I know as Christ followers are not the main things. They're not the one thing. We need to settle that into their hearts but we need to model it before we can settle it. Don't let life's cares, even the significant ones, 
take away the peace that you can have in Jesus. Uh, there are other scriptures, right? The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4 that don't be anxious about anything but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise that is. Don't let your heart be troubled or anxious by anything. Anything. Not even the important things. Don't let that take away or steal your peace. In the midst of great difficulty, you can still have the peace that is found in Jesus Christ. I've got the scripture verse for you up at the end of our slides this morning about that Jesus says that I leave you my peace. He either does or he doesn't. He either did or he didn't. So, on Tuesday... I'm having these anxious thoughts and I'm having these anxious moments and I'm realizing that I'm unsettled and I'm not really comfortable with what I'm experiencing. So thank God that I had the good sense and the opportunity to, to kind of steal away and go and be with my Lord, right? One of the advantages of, of being a pastor. What I want to do for you is to create an opportunity this morning so that you can steal away too. And that if you've been anxious or troubled about something, if you feel like you've lost your peace about something, that today that we can create an opportunity here at church where you can take some time and just be with Jesus. Focus on the one thing. Understanding that you probably got somewhere to go this afternoon. You probably got some things you got to do. You may have a phone call or two that you got to make or a person that you got to drop in on. But... Would you take the time to do the one thing, the main thing, the most important thing, that before you get busy with the rest of your day, would you take some time for Jesus? Would you stand with me?